Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It is born in the fury of the most violent storms on Earth. It has traveled thousands of miles, building in strength and size. And here, in a remote corner of the planet, some men will not run from its fury. They will ride it. You're not ready for it. I'm ready. So when the wave breaks here, don't be there, or you're gonna get drilled. He's a modern savage. If I say it's safe to surf this beach, Captain, it's safe to surf this beach! What's he searching for? The ride. The ultimate ride. What's up? The only thing surfers have in common with the rest of America is they're unemployed and love crystal meth. Okay, well, welcome back to Surf Center. This is episode number 12. I'm Chad White with my partner Damian Farrenfort, and today we're going to try something a little bit different. Instead of recording in the morning with a cup of coffee, we're going to be recording in the evening. Um, so apropos to that, we have a, uh, a very special guest on uh, this program named Mr. Michael February. So we'll be hearing the, uh, the dulcimer tones, the... Uh, the, the jazz fusion voice that is Mr. Michael February, and uh, hopefully we have figured out how to accompany this intro with some really cool music. And uh, if not, then uh, just imagine some sort of like Barry White or something real kind of sexy. Because that's the evening time. Yeah, I like some Al Green. Yeah, I feel, I feel like this is very NPR. Yes. Very NPR. It's been a uh, crazy week since our last one. Um, we kind of did that one. You know, I think it was a pretty polarizing Instagram post and all that, the burn baby burn, and we had kind of people reaching out from both sides of the industry, some that didn't like, you know, kind of thought we should, shouldn't be going so hard. And we actually, you know, in retrospect, we went pretty light and we just kind of dabbled in the social media side of it versus the actual, you know, what was going on. Yeah. Um, and it's been a pretty, I think, pretty crazy week in the world and hopefully for the better, man, like we'll be, you know, we've been talking about it and what we kind of spoke about that is like, you know, buildings have to burn to get what we needed across, so be it. And, you know, yeah. you've seen the peaceful protests, the looting stopped and the peaceful protest is happening and there's this crazy, you know, we, everyone says stay away from politics and stay in your own lane and people have been telling athletes and that, but that's not the case anymore. I think no. everybody's got to use their platform to create some real, create and inspire real change in this world. Absolutely. I mean, I think this is, and I, I, I actually am, I'm, and again, it's, I'm always pretty cynical, but I am really inspired by what I'm seeing out there. And I think they're, they're actually, this might have actually sparked some change. I mean, and look, if there's some change, that's great. If there's real major change, that's even better. So if you are out in the, in the streets, it's, you know, and, and are being active in, in some way, keep it up. Yeah, don't let it stop. I mean, the energy's got to stay up. You've seen, you've seen how they're kind of promoting like, hey, we need to sustain this protest that's thing. Right. So like, here's how to like look after yourself and make sure that you're not just blowing yourself out because we're seeing some of like the hottest days in LA right now yeah and but it's incredible like you know 20 30,000 people on the streets just in Los Angeles ripping down statues like they're calling it the biggest civil rights movement in the world so, it is and it's global which yeah. is so it's 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 again inspiring and and people have fucking had enough yeah and if you're listening to this and you support Donald Trump, turn the shit off. You yeah, just don't ever ideas. listen to us. Yeah. Seriously, like Dick Stay, yeah. Dick Stay, and Donald, Dick Trump. Stay and Donald Trump. <laughs> this, this Thank you, Michael Rappaport. You yeah. are a fucking god. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's like everybody's got to use their, their platform and talk about it, and it's uh, now's the time to make some moves, man. And yeah. You know, so you know, these few weeks in the world could change 
change the trajectory and what you know how we treat one another and mm. you know and, and I think and I think don't be afraid if you are like wondering about like you know it's okay to not whether you're a brand or a person and you're unsure what to post it's okay right spend some time this is not like it doesn't have to all happen today no this is a 20 30 40 year thing this is that a generational done. shift and it's gonna it's gonna be a long-term thing right now the it feels to me like the, the, the energy is with is on the good side. It's felt for so long the last few years. And again, this is political, so you know, this is the we're we're gonna have a feature. This this might be the first time we do it. We're gonna have a feature called, you know, we got Doom as rumors, we're gonna have Chad's rant. So yeah. Chad's first rant is really just, you know, look, we've we've had three and a half years of this asshole, you know, basically dividing the country for his own benefit. It, it, that you have more in common. These Donald Trump supporters have so much more in common with the people protesting, being treated unfairly, than they do with Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about redneck well, America, poor Americans. He does I not. I can't remember care. what celebrity said. It is like all Donald Trump wants is to be like admired by celebrities, right? Exactly. And now the very and they're the very people that hate him the most. And right. then. All the people, the people that admire him the most, he hates the most. The poor and the like, the white trash and that, you know, which he just despises. That or anyone of any race or diversity. He's exactly. Just like, so anyway, so that's so that's so Chad's rant. That was my. It was a quick one. I'm gonna get better at them. That was a pretty poor rant because I could go way, way gnarlier. But yeah, as Dima said, if you listen, to, if you if you even think remotely, like in your brain, and you hear Donald Trump speaking, you're like that's a smart guy. Uh, yeah, go kick rocks. Never listen to us again. If you have four followers after this, that's cool. Because all you other kooks should just like, yeah, you got to get it together. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that means we would have only lost three. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you know, last week we we were harsh on some of the surf brands, and you know, I, I still we still stand by that, and we still kind of shocked that there's nobody doing anything. Chad and I spent about like twenty minutes in the water the other day. We went down surfing and to clear the head and. Uh, we were like, hey, like, you know, we kind of just like crapped on the guys. Like, what would be cool campaigns for the brands? And we literally came up with these three between Catching Waves and a 20-minute session. So for like, Rupko, what do we say? The search continues? Yeah the, yeah, the search for justice. The search for justice, Like the right? easiest goddamn thing in the world. And how many t- what different ways can you spin that creative team at Rupko? I know you guys, you guys all probably did it. I promise you there's like shit on the walls and, the, and whoever like is, is leading the charge over there went, nah, we can't do that. Yeah. So did the dude, the dude well, or woman it, or team that put the rap, put the search for justice on the wall, because I know it was there, rad, good on you. Absolutely. And then the other one we had was Quicksilver's, oh, just because their classic one is, you know, one of my favorite things that Quicksilver did back in the day. And I actually think it was, um, whose son? Um, Hackman, uh, Ryan Hackman. And uh, ha- Jeff Hackman's Jeff's shirt. son, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he did the shirts when Quicksilver's stock price went from like thirty-two dollars to like two bucks or something in the crash. And it said, and it was literally the chart. And it said, if you can't rock and roll, don't fucking come. Yeah, best shirt ever. I think it was, if you can't rock for justice, don't, don't even come. come. Yeah, don't, or even don't come. fucking come. And the context is reduce the discrimination experienced by surfers of color. And then we wanted to tag onto that too because look, discrimination sucks. Period. It's a shit thing, right? So if you know. We got a guy in Venice, shout out to Glennis Venice, that a, a gay surfer, real super proud. Yeah, he did an amazing film, Out in the Lineup. That's right. He does. And, and, you know, so, and, and Rick Massey, these guys have all taken heat, man. There's, and it, for no, like, I take heat because I'm a kook and I have a loud mouth and I talk the whole time and everybody's just like, Jesus, won't this guy shut up? That's right. You can give me heat for that because that's like, no one wants to hear my voice in the lineup. You want to hear it on the podcast. Well, maybe not. Well, maybe not on the <laughs> podcast either, but yeah, you want to hear it on the podcast. 
Anyway, so so you know it's it's bullshit and it's wrong for for anybody to take any kind of static in the lineup for what they look like or who they choose to you know love or whatever. I just think that's dumb. And if you're still with that, sort of like the Donald Trump thing, uh, stop Ross. stop listening now. <laughs> yeah, like, that's it. <laughs> it's so, just going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And like you said last week, uh, Chad said it. You know, don't want to be on the wrong side of history on this one. And you really don't. This is like this is this is it. You know, stand up for what you believe. If you believe the other side, at least you have an opinion. Yeah. You know, and, let, and and then you can allow and get into a healthy argument with people. I, you know, some people argued with me on my Instagram post. That's awesome. Like yeah, cool. at least you know where they stand. Yeah. Um, you know, my my biggest bummer for me on from last week's post was like stretch boards guys. They just like commented, you know, oh, talking about what a sh- what a like who's like my favorite. Like I got three stretch boards. It was like a dream. I've always and wanted you shred to them stretch too. boards. Yeah. I love them. I got them and I treat them with care and yeah. like I. And then cover they, Zigzag <laughs> Magazine yeah. with the stretch board. cover, yeah. And then they just, yeah, they just hated on it. And, you know, I don't think it was... What you're seeing is a lot of people initially not intention, like, not understanding, like, the all lives matter thing, right? Uh, that's right. That's like people like, yes, in theory, all lives matter. No one's saying not all lives matter. Yeah. But it's like what that uh, the one comedian, Kevin Hart, reposted, but his kind of analogy was like, saying all lives matter is like your wife asking you if your life, if you love her and you say, I love everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. It doesn't work. That was yeah, genius, right? wasn't yeah. it? There's been a bunch of memes that, that around that and, and, and all of them have been really cool, like, there's one with a little girl holding a thing. It says, we never said only Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And then she goes on to kind of explain it on the board. But the, it About really... It, it, it's, and then somebody else posted the one dude today. on the sun. The guy who's that, yes. got the famous Instagram. His was amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, he said yesterday... All lives matter only when... when black, what was it? No. Only, yeah, all lives matter only when Black Lives Matter. Uh, right, exactly. You know, that's, yes, <laughs> exactly. And that's the, the, the way to simplify it. Do you want to hear the Billabong one I did? Uh, did you read it? You probably did. I didn't read it. No. It's, you guys didn't read it. So here, here it is. Uh, you know how they have their their tagline is "Life's better in board shorts." Life's better in unity. There you go. Done. Fuck. Uh, hey, there it is, you guys. I guarantee. And, and same thing. Promise you. Creatives had that on the wall. They yeah, presented it to the marketing people, team, they. and they went, "No, no, I don't. I don't think we oh, well, can do that." that was Oak, we that have was, to do the Nelson Mandela. Well, Oak Tree Capital. Oak Tree Capital. That, yeah. Exactly. So that came from some like a, someone you know, has to be private rock, equity though. firm. You gotta go do it. What are you gonna I get know. fired? I mean, really seriously. I, I mean, and if uh, maybe, I guess maybe you would get fired, right? But like, at least you would have got fired standing up for what you believe. And I'll tell you what, New York Times or any one of them will take that and run with it. Yeah, and then your career really just got <laughs> yeah, made. Yeah, like, instead of being a pussy and just all being of a sudden like, you hired a shy a day or like some real good that, agency. That's like, right. Like, there and, you go. and actually getting to access your true talents. Yeah, and one of the things you know we'll kind of dive into the interview with Mikey because it's probably the only reason why you're here. And as ah. you would be, but he. Chad's he's rats, always man. that's the whole draw right there. <laughs> <laughs> he's always had such a you know through once he qualified and something I just respect and admire so much about Mike he's such an amazing person like he genuinely is just the kind of soul like the way him and his wife come spend time at the house is now wife and the way they speak to each other and one another like it inspires it generally inspires me to want to be a better person and he kind of has that and not just the silky smooth style but his that's true his life yeah that's his life and that's it's an exact representation of who he is in his essence right he's just salt to the earth and too kind almost you know, that's why he needs an asshole like me to manage him. Yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah, that can go and actually like knock on some the doors. The yin and the yang. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but through when he qualified, everybody kind of always wanted to talk to him about the apartheid and the past of South Africa. Yeah. And he always had this attitude where um, he he's like, yes, it happened and we can't not acknowledge that. But like how I want to shine a light on like the new generation that are doing it, whether it's like young black servers or people. Yeah. And that's what I want to focus on the future of South Africa, which I've always respected so much about him. Um, 
anyway, so one of the things that we want to do is like you just actually talk to him yeah. about everything and post COVID, everything that's just going on in his life because that's really interesting. And then you know we touch a bit on what's actually happening in the world now too. Yeah, I mean, the, to me, the the the, the coolest thing about Mikey's one surfer out of a handful, maybe of like maybe five, three to five surfers that I can think of in the modern times anyway, who truly, like what we we're talking about, his essence, right? The, the person he actually is, is 100% trans, translated through surfing. His surfing is his personality, is his thing. And at one time, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't mention the person's name, but somebody called him out for being like having an affected style, like he was intentionally forming out. I don't think so. I think Mikey absolutely is is blindly expressing that and just feeling it. Well, that's always that's what we spoke about. Uh, and that person was Jamie Brissick, and you know, he had to go and you know, he tried to reach out and apologize to Mikey, and you know, Mikey, the console that he is, just he doesn't hold any grudges, and right. he really does practice empathy. Exactly. Um, but he, like we speak about this, he really, he genuinely his style just evolved to the way it is. It, it was nothing like it was never thought or preconceived or like I'm gonna you know. There was no, I'm going to surf like this one day. It just naturally comes. And you can see him in the, the fact that he can throw like a full rotation down, you know, one surf and then take, you know, in the same kind of waves, take out a board and just look like the most stylish, like Campbell Brothers Bonzer and just do some beautiful calves. And that, that's, yeah. that's, that's why he's such a good surfer. And that's why people kind of gravitate towards the surfing so much. It's the art in the surfing. And that's what we all, I mean, that's cool. Who doesn't aspire, right? To, yeah. to, to be able to have the ability to be that expressive like it's it's one thing you'd have the ability to just hit the lip and kill it right he has that ability too like you said he'll throw a huge rotator right like i, I mean just the, the shit the clips he made the show of him at, at lowers like a bunch of the stuff he did yeah, all the just, ci stuff one session dude yeah the happy thing when he did, it was just insane but the but i think bit better than that is is that when you just see him just surfing free surfing and he's just going just like doing weird floaters and just you know just turns in the it, it's just it's anyway it's inspirational so without further ado, um, here's our interview with the uh, the inimitable uh, uh, Michael February. Word of the day. Yeah, I don't even really know what it means to be honest with you, but I've heard it and I've read it, so it's. Uh, I think it means he's a super awesome dude. So here we go. How's the lockdown been? You guys, you got you're done now, right? Pretty much. It's not it's not too clear at the moment. I mean, everyone's surfing and stuff. Like, I had a paddle out front now, and there was like police and stuff. But there's surfing, I guess, is fine. But I guess we'll find out in the next few days or whatever what the plan is for the next like couple of weeks. It's weird though. Yeah, it's sort of like a gray area right now, though, right? Yeah, it's like I mean, this weekend there was like beautiful weather, and everyone was just like that like the beaches were like full of people and which was kind of nice and then yeah i don't know and then on the side you get like people like getting arrested because they've got like cigarettes in their car or like their boots and it's just like a i don't know how long did you go without surfing i went i think i went maybe 50 days 49 or so days and then luckily like i mean doing those where my parents live there's like a um it's like a part of the national park or whatever like cape town or table mountain national parks like their zone so like police can't go there and like you can kind of just like sneak off like an hour before dark and then just stay out there till dark and then come home in the dark um but and only now really like 
just been like I said, like I said, Misty's on Saturday. There was like so many people, like so many cars just along the road, and um, yeah, it was quite a while. I saw a bunch of your animation stuff, and like, what was your, what were the, did was there anything about that lockdown that you felt like was maybe like a a good thing? Did you sort of get a chance to reset and think about stuff, or what was the was it, was there any benefit to it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think. Definitely. I mean, it would have. I mean, it would have been ideal if I if I had like a bunch of clips that I haven't used or something like that would have probably been the best case scenario just to like put out something during this time or just have like content. But you know, recycled some stuff and I think it was just cool because I got uh, you know had the time to like try things that don't necessarily like give myself time to do um, and like. I mean, started playing the piano, got back into shaping a little bit more and like actually doing that softly. And I just started doing a graphic design course just to like help with those. I don't know, I found with like being with Vans now, just being able to do so much like more than just surfing like creatively. I think it's like have all these cool ideas and just that, I mean, just that whole process of doing that first collection, like trying to, explain to someone else what I like envision and now you know doing something like a design course like actually probably gonna be able to do it myself and like have it be more um, um, a little bit more clearer but yeah it's been fun I mean it, it, it would have been ideal if it was like 30 days and then we can go back to normal but yeah you know so like those things that you have time to do you get a bit like you're like I want to get back to doing what I what I do you know yeah um and also just feeling like not not guilty but just like you know you, you're getting paid but you want to you just miss being productive in in what you do i guess yeah i mean that's your your main your main thing but i think it's neat to be able to you know now you can figure out ways to integrate your your artistic and creative mind into into what your sort of athletic pursuits are i mean again you're doing that anyways through surfing but but to apply that extra layer is a really interesting idea, you know, to be able to do that. And, and not many people can. Um, yeah, exactly. It really sets you apart. I think, um, I think Dylan's got that too. You know, it's, it's interesting that he's got, he's taught himself all this cool shit. It's inspiring to see and then way yeah. his thing. So I think the Vans team is, is formidable. If I was a creative over there, I'd be pretty nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And then what's the latest yeah. on your collection? So Mikey has been working on this really rad collection with Vans. Oh, I can't wait. Him about, he can tell you about the aesthetic and style and what yeah. I went for, but it was meant to launch in July with a big rollout throughout South Africa and like these different events and that. But what's the latest, Mikey, there? Um, so basically, um, they've just gone ahead and obviously all this, like the sort of social events like that we're meant to have, we're meant to have a duct tape in, in Durban. And like the board shorts is like a, one of the biggest parts of the collection. And there's supposed to be like a board short, like test and stuff. And, um, you know, get like bands and like have like a full activation around it. But obviously that stuff's not happening anymore. Um, and yeah, they pretty much just picked, uh, pushed it back by like a month. Um, but I haven't really heard too much on like what else is going to happen besides like just you know, the social assets and stuff that they're going to put out. But, um, I mean, before we had like these really cool, um, 
what's it called seeding seeding gifts or whatever you call it Getting kids, um, yeah. like back yeah to like send out to people but i don't know if that's gonna happen um i mean i don't even know if i'm gonna get any product because i'm all the way over here but um for a while but that's i mean i'm still pretty psyched like i mean i feel like everyone's online now and with with that like you know coming out in a month's time i feel like it'll get a lot of um attention which is kind of cool yeah i thought i thought about you the other day with that the south african postal service might be the worst in the world uh, <laughs> it's like it's my, bad. My, my we were funny we were looking at this old box that i pulled off the balcony the other day and there were these wedding invitations from my wedding and, and my wife had kept out engagement invitations and she sent some engagement invitations to my parents just so they could have some you know and yeah. to the family and uh the engagement invitations got there like a few months after the actual wedding happened, like which was a year. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, look at this!" Yeah. But uh, hey, I wanted to go back to you. What have you? You're talking about you've been shaping a bunch. What number boards? What what number? I think I'm on like ten now, or maybe more than that. But this is like the first time we're actually doing it like by myself. I mean, I got my. My dad, he's like super fucked to do it and he shaped his first board and it was cool because like it was the first time I didn't have anyone else that was sort of kind of looking over my shoulder and like telling me what to do. I kind of just had to like take the, you know, take control and like I was kind of showing my dad what to do and it's kind of like the blind leading the blind in the beginning but it worked out really cool. Like we just used what we had, like obviously in South Africa, you, you can't just go like some shaping supply store online and get like all the all the tools and that and you're going to like cape like cape town um what's it uh uh like uh builders warehouse and stuff like that and asking for like all these like surf tools and trying to figure out like you know how to like i don't know find something that will work and but we got some cool tools and some homemade tools and just absolutely trashed the garage with foam and yeah it was really cool like i think it was just super nice to do it like in that sort of setting like with my dad and also yeah just doing it for the first time alone um the first batch came out kind of kind of chunky and weird but then we just did another had another little shaping session and those came out like a lot more thin and refined and we actually got a i think it was the first it's like a whitmore but it's it's like almost like a mid-length it was like one of the first sort of attempts at shaping a short board in South Africa. We picked it up at Dave, um, DVG, uh, and he let us just like kind of take it home and kind of like base our shapes off of that. So that was kind of cool, like a little taste of South African history and it was pretty special, yeah. Do you know who John is? No. So John Whitmore was basically- Oh, no, jo yeah, John yeah, Whitmore, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the summer. Yeah, in the summer, yeah, he's awesome. Man. Yeah, he was kind of like, Savica Surfing's Godfather. Yeah. That would have been one of his original boards. That thing would be worth a fortune. Like that's that. amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Have you have you glassed them up or you, and and are you starting to ride those things or are you sort of just shaping them and, and uh and waiting for waiting to glass them? Because you're not glassing them yourself, right? No, so we we took the first batch and we took that to this guy just down the road, like in a place called um Massey. And he he's like some local guy there and he has a little like glassing slash like ding repair bay and yeah we just took it to him and he like glassed it um for us which was pretty cool um, and we got it within like a week and my dad and i actually took 
pedal session out at um, pretty average. Um, I mean, the waves are terrible, but it was just like our first session on like his first board and like the one that I shaped in the garage as well. And it was pretty cool. Like, I mean, it was just, I mean, they went, they went like pretty good. Like it was like a fun ride. And I mean, just seeing my dad, how stoked he was, like it was pretty cool. Like Single thing? Uh, I, yeah, we did. We actually just took a mid-length, um, one of my Channel Islands uh, mid-lengths and we, we pretty much just like flipped it over and traced, traced the outline and kind of went off of that. I actually left my, I left my dad for a little bit by himself when he was shaping and I, he, he took a tripod and filmed the whole thing like a time lapse and we like watched it over at the end and when he was doing his outline, like, you know, normally you have like your, you know, you put your board upside down and then you put the one on top of it upside down as well. Mm-hmm. And I looked in the video and he had his like face up and then the <laughs> blank, the blank face down. <laughs> oh, but it honestly, it honestly came out more even than mine. So it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was, yeah. Mikey's dad's like, actually, you you and your Mikey's dad are very similar in the terms. He's a, a creative and he has an agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got a keen eye for like design and like, you know. That's of, funny that he did that. Yeah, <laughs> outlines and stuff. Yeah, that's weird. I like how we're on the opposite sides of our day. We drink a coffee in the morning and you're on a beers. You usually have one that at the end. For the boards that you're shaping, oh, so you so this one you copied the, this ch- the Channel Islands ones. Do you have any interest in shaping like a kind of high performance shortboard or are you going to kind of keep shaping the on boards? Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm too scared to try and shape like a high performance board. I feel like it'll just set myself up for like disappointment. I mean, it's just so fun shaping those more like sort of retro boards just because it's, you can kind of make it work no matter how heavy or how like off it is. Like you can find the con- like conditions that it'll be fun in. But on a high performance board, it's like, like a whole other story. It's like an F1 car versus a hot rod, right? Like, you know, like a. Yeah, exactly. Who's shaping some of the best of those alternative boards that you've seen out there? Those independent guys? I mean, yeah, there's some amazing. I mean, everyone's. There's so many boards out there now. I mean, obviously, I've, I've just been riding all the Channel Island boards, and they've been pretty, pretty awesome. And the, like the ones that the model that we were working on is pretty fun. It's crazy because there's. So many people nowadays making it like modern sort of retro boards. But I mean, you take someone like Mark Richards or whatever, and you ride one of his boards or like the Campbell brothers, they, you know, they are, you know, shapes that have been like refined like years and years ago. But I mean, still to this day, they're better than, you know, most like modern retro boards. But I think the guys that are making some good ones now, you know, like that, um, I think it's Morning of the Earth, like uh, the ones that are, what's his name? Um, oh, Torrin Martin, he rides those boards. Yeah, he, and he is, the way that he's surfing those and, and waves yeah, and he, is incredible. Yeah, and I think, I think Steph wrote it in the, I think it was the Electric Acid, and that one was one of the better ones, but that looks really good. Some of the album boards look pretty good that um, Asher Pace is writing. I just watched that latest clip of him, and it was, it was pretty cool. Tell us about the model that you're working on with Brit. We were uh, fortunate to do a trip with, with Brit. We went to Japan with him, and uh, I don't think people realize what an awesome dude he is and just how cool and like collaborative he is and easygoing, um, which I think kind of it's run into your personality. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been awesome. I mean, he's like, I mean, since he shaped my first board, things have moved so 
fast and like we've built such a good relationship so quickly um you know i'm still like just super you know honored and like thankful to get board shaped by him you know i mean and yeah it's been cool like i think the board that i we've been working on it's it's the twin pin but it pretty much started uh i think last year jb i just asked for like a i was keen to ride like you know round tail twin pin that would be fun for like the right hand points and you know for winter at home and the first one yeah it came out super rad and we kind of refined it a little bit and then you know made it a little bit shorter and like you know just changed it up a bit and i went on a trip to mexico after us open last year and like first time to mexico like absolutely in love with the place and pretty much rode that we didn't get the best waves but it was just like you know just right hand points with no one else out and i ended up riding the twin pin like every single day and it was just so much fun like just i don't know like kind of high performance but still gives you that sort of like you know retro fun kind of feel um but i'm psyched on it and can't wait for more people to ride it yeah and you've been working on some cool designs different logos kind of going through the archives of john island's logos i've been lucky to be on a few emails and just seeing through so yeah yeah it's so cool like it's cool because i mean i just again like it's so awesome like a brand like or you know no one even call it a brand but like you know like channel islands is so sort of historic and the people that have been a part of it like you know tom Curran and you know his like red beauty and black beauty and um like kelly and all those guys and dane and bobby like it's just cool to be able to have that sort of you know be able to have that sort of say in like a um a brand like that and yeah it's kind of cool to give your own sort of twist on it which is yeah it's been really cool with them having um devon howard has come in and kind of worked on the team and so like anyone anyone there that's like kind of the old tradition performance shortboard devon just like gets involved straight away and he's like yes let's yeah. do this like yeah. he's like so into it and he's he's the one that's really developed that that uh, mid link yeah mid link which just looks so sick and you see everybody riding those boards and they look insane on them yeah. like i saw there was a uh there was a clip of uh one of the G brothers riding one at lowers, but just doing the freaking beautiful, just drawn out arcing turn. I haven't seen you on one yet though. I've seen some like stills, but nothing, nothing. Uh, and, uh, I've had so many fun sessions on that board. Like, I, I mean, it's just so easy. I, I've ridden it from like, you know, like bigger barreling beaches to like tiny, like two foot, like motion. It's just, it's super fun. Yeah. Channel Islands would pay ten thousand dollars to get footage of Mikey riding that board. It was just one foot onshore. I know. I know. <laughs> I cannot wait to see that. But you know, even more than that, can you please talk this dude into like riding a board that's 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 sort of like one of those kind of things at Malibu? We saw Luke Davis on a little mid lane. I know. He had rip on. And he looks so good. He looked better than I've ever seen him look. Duma needs one. <laughs> Let's bring him a six ten. I mean, it's perfect for those waves. It's literally made for that, like, especially California, like, low points and stuff. You know, that brings up one of my questions. But um, I don't think many people know this, but growing up in South Africa, we were kind of taught to surf, to surf, and taught to surf a certain way. It was kind of the Graham Hine special, right? Up and down. You get to the bottom, to the top. You don't miss a section, yeah. right? And then you came along, Mikey, and you missed sections, and you had yeah. you were a bit more wild and all over the show. And South Africans actually didn't quite know how to adapt to the uniqueness of your surfing they didn't know how to judge it and then and it's still in South Africa it's very much an old traditional style of surfing but 
you come to somewhere like the US and as a young kid, your style was just celebrated. Your first time you came here, people talked about you in Venice when you were like 17, 18 years old and you were thinking about still going to study from the time then. And uh, what, uh, was there ever a time when you thought about changing your surfing in South Africa to suit the kind of traditional up and down approach? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like in the beginning stages, I mean, just like every other kid, especially in South Africa, like not being too exposed to, you know, many other like free surfers and stuff like that. We were kind of just focused on the guys like the World Tour and, you know, guys like Kelly and, and Mick and, and, uh, and those kind of guys. So that's kind of our exo- like the example that we had. And yeah, I just remember trying to, like in the very beginning stages, like especially like once I started doing events and stuff, was just like trying to get the most like refined style. And I think everyone's goal was to be as textbook as, as possible. But yeah, I tried super hard and like my arms would just go everywhere, like went through crazy growth spurts and stuff. But just, I don't know, like as much as I tried, I never really, I mean, you look up to guys like Jordy and you just want to do exactly what he does, but just never happened. And yeah, it was frustrating, but it took a while to like, I don't know, realize that you could, you know, surf the way that you just naturally meant to. And thankfully, you know, people were pretty psyched on it. And I think I, I think I went on a trip, my first like proper surf trip with like guys outside of like contests and stuff was we did a trip on like a radical tri- times trip in, um, in South Africa. And the bunch of guys were, I mean, they were just so cool. And, um, I remember surfing J-Bay and they would like react to like the strangest things. Like, you know, you'd like miss a section of J-Bay and like your arm would like end up like you do a high line, your arm would like go, you know, the other way. And like, they would like have like guys like, Hey, Ryan Haywood is just such an awesome guy. And he's, he was just like, Oh, that was so sick. And he's like fluffing off like a photo that like, I'm like, what? like, and just like, it was just cool to be sort of accepted for the way you surf and, you know, uh, get like, you know, super excited about that. So I think that was like a turning point and like, you know, just realizing that you should just surf the way that you, that you meant to, I guess, and enjoy it. And just how validating must that have been when you qualified for the tour surfing on your terms? Yeah, exactly. Like that was just so, I don't know, such a, so refreshing. Cause I mean, there's so many, so many guys who compete on the QS and I mean, there's so many guys who probably deserve to be on the CT and, to sort of go through all of that and then you know fi- finally get there was very very and doing it the way i did um was super validating yeah and now like you've pretty much you've been on tour you've got some awesome stuff come up with bands you've been you know part of that team you get to kind of hang and serve with everyone that you kind of ever wanted to is there anyone that you haven't done a trip with that you, that you, or someone that you don't know that you would love to do a surf trip with yeah there's a bunch of guys like i mean Dane's definitely someone I would love to go on a trip with just because he's who he is and he just seems like a, I mean, I've, I've met him before and he's an awesome guy, but to actually do a surf trip would be amazing. And then another guy that I really, really admire and just the way he surfs and his style is Craig Anderson. Just like, I don't know, I looked up to him, especially him coming from South Africa and, you know, doing, you know, sort of paving the um, platform that he has and, yeah, I just really look up to him and would love to sort of go on a trip. And I, I think it would just be so, 
yeah, just super fun. Yeah, Craig, I don't think a lot of people know that, you know, he grew up in South Africa until he was 14 and we all surfed and competed against him. And when we were young, Craig was so small that like the waves are bigger than three foot, you'd want to get him in his heat because they were like too powerful for him. Like, you, <laughs> not that he was afraid, but he literally, his board couldn't turn because he was so small. Craig moved know. to Oz and Peter Boscovich found him in Newcastle and snap picks and he became a star. And uh, he's, you know, I think wow. Ando's someone that's kind of, like Mikey done it on his terms, right? Yeah, that's crazy. And then, um, have you have you made it so much with Torrent or at all? No, not at all. Eh? I mean, I've spoken to him like briefly on Instagram and stuff, and just just seeing his stuff from, you know, just online and that. And yeah, it's. I mean, it's really cool. I mean, just the way he goes about doing things, like you know, goes on trips. It looked like he was in, I think, like West Africa for like, I think even, I mean, just like. I think he was in West Africa for the whole like couple of months in the beginning of the year and just like, you know, just focused on going on surf trips and enjoying it the right way and not really too focused on anything else and like trying to be the loudest surfer out there and just kind of doing his thing and, you know, enjoying the boards he rides and what he does. And I, yeah, he seems super rad, but I haven't met him yet, no. Uh, no, I didn't know you guys hadn't actually met, but yeah, he seems to be doing it. Uh doing it a unique way and almost like bridging between Kepler and Sarah, right? Kind of that like nomad trips and then... Yeah, exactly. Like when you were a kid growing up, did you feel like you specifically were represented by the surf brands or did you, you, did, you didn't really, did you have a role model that you'd look up to that kind of looked and, and, and you know, looked like you and kind of came from your background? Uh, no, I definitely didn't have that. Um, I mean, there were guys like local guys who, you know, were competing on like a provincial level and you know you can kind of look at them but no one really on like a bigger scale um especially with the surf brands that went i mean that i was involved in in south africa there wasn't really anyone that you know you could kind of that definitely looked like you or yeah so do you feel like do you feel like it's um that may be changing with the fact that you're you've got this profile now and do you think that, that i mean obviously it must be right the kids kids in your zone must be pretty excited to have someone that represents them specifically, you know, versus someone that looks like Duma. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I you get like, I definitely get a messages all the time of like people who are, you know, they just, you know, they can, some of them don't even surf, but they're just like, you know, I, they just will mention like, it's cool to see someone that looks like me. That's, you know, doing what you do. Um, you know, even if they're not like an aspiring surf or whatever, they just see something different. And yeah. What do you think the industry could do in terms of like, like globally to, to in, invite more, I guess, I hate to use the word diversity because it's not about diversity, but it's just about like giving opportunity to kids that might need it. Yeah. Well, I mean, firstly, like I look at like a brand like Vans and why it is so, so awesome. It's because there's, you know, people that have, come from the sport like you, you go into the office and there's people who are like you know ex like like skaters or this they surfers and you know that's what makes it such a cool and like authentic brand and then i think one thing that i you know really enjoy about um like at home like you look at ways to change and i just look at what they've done with the the kids there and how they've like you know brought them through this like curriculum of like teaching them about you know the ocean but also like life skills and how um how they've brought them up to become like 
instructors or um, you know sort of like leaders in the community and how they become like through that they like um, end up becoming like you know um, lifesavers or something like that and I think just to see people from a community like that that's surfing such a big big thing in their life and such a positive thing in their life and how they sort of you know they I don't know how to explain it but it's not it's just cool to see people who aren't necessarily like your typical like sort of surfer and have that sort of you know leadership and sort of they feel super like uplifted by the fact that they are a part of the surfing community and they don't have any you know that's just like surfing to them is it's what you know makes their life better and I think if you can kind of like sort of do that and those sort of communities that aren't really normally surfing communities and sort of, you know, let them have their own sort of perspective on surfing and introduce surfing into their lives. And you can kind of build a surf community around that. That's not really focused on, you know, what we all look at, like, you know, WSL and all that kind of stuff, but just the positiveness of surfing and you take those people. And if you could somehow link that with, with brands and get that sort of input on, I mean, you think about it, there's like in South Africa, all these communities that say waves for change help these people, there's no such thing as surfing within those townships. But if you could have, I mean, I'm sure it's like that with that um, the organization that you were talking about. Um, I'm sure there's no sort of surfing culture or community there. But if you sort of bring them up, you know, more way of surfing and get them involved in surfing and then sort of link brands to those people, then I feel like they'll have more of a better perspective of, people outside of just you know like us and stuff chad and i like we have to force ourselves in our podcast not to just talk up bands the whole time right because it's like it's but it but it really is like it's it goes to show that it's bullshit that being in orange county you're going to have this like super white stale brand right because those mm-hmm. guys in orange county and they're doing it yeah i mean we have i mean i think we do it every six months where everyone gets together and i mean normally it's like a we physically all get together and we go through the like the next range and you get like guys like Joel who are like, you know, be like adamant about having something that's like more fitting to his sort of style or you get someone like Dane or whoever, but everyone kind of works together and, and you can't really argue with people like that. You know, you can't be like, well, that's, you know, if someone like buys the product, you'd be like, well, it was made by him or like, you know, you can't argue with that, I guess. Yeah. So there is amazing talent and like people within this industry that, that these these brands could be creating and having, but they're not. Yeah, it's like there's like this divide between the people who are like WSL and then the people who are actually doing really cool stuff within surfing. Whereas if they work together, it would be something really cool. And surfers, when we were all growing up, you just kind of focused on the ocean and that kind of thing. And what's happening now with the young kids in the generation is. You know, with iPhones and social media and internet and everything, you're discovering like this is why the surf industry is in such a bad way because they're discovering brands that aren't surfing, right? Like whether it's Supreme mm. or you know, obviously Vans. Yeah, like, you know, Vans have ruined that wave. Like you know, do the pun, but like really, right? Because they kids have gone, whoa, here's a brand that like does skate, does all these music, all these cool things, and they've gravitated towards and that with a lot of these other brands, right? So it's left it's really left the surf industry in a bad way because they still seem so focused on the ocean and like just for designing clothes for their community. Um, and with, you know, COVID and everything grinding to a halt, 
there's an opportunity for people to work from home. And that's where we can see, we see some big opportunity for creating diversity within the brands, right? Because you can actually hire people that don't traditionally live in Orange County because they, everyone's working remotely. But um, while yeah. working remotely, where should designers, creators, and marketers from the surf industry, surf industry look for inspiration? Yeah, and like, where do you look for inspiration? Because yeah. I'm sure it's not back in the surf industry, right? No, definitely not. I don't know. I, I look at a lot of things like, a lot of like music, I mean, people that you aspire, like that you look up to, you know, and that's artists and musicians that were just, you know, doing what they do in like a cool way. And I think, I think it would be nice if surfing or like surf brands would, would just get some input, like you said, you know, creatively from people in different communities, because then it just expands everything so much more. When you want to do a project, what do you look at? Like when you want to do a design project, let's say you're doing your, your graphic design course. Like where are you? Where are you looking for rad graphic design? Like where? Where do you? Where? How do you find it? Like what is the inspiration? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. I mean, with social media, you just you have so much of that just like right there. I mean, through the people that you follow with like-minded interests, and you know, especially like music that you listen to, and and you know, art and stuff that you see. I think that's like a big, a big. Um, influence and in, in what you think looks cool and stuff like that and i mean the whole i mean the whole world like follows all the trends and stuff and i mean surfing is definitely a good couple of steps behind but yes. yeah i think it's just you know you don't look at people within the surf industry to create what you want like what you think is cool like get people who are you know kind of like more with like current stuff and and people who are doing cool things in the community because those are the people who are going to have the backing of the other people and where they're from and stuff and that's going to create you know more sort of diversity and more yeah just like more people interested i guess you, you mentioned music and i know that music um you know, it's, it's funny cause it like you're a lot of times you'll post just what you're listening to. And, and, um, and it was funny cause you reminded me of the, an old parliament record the other, the other day. I think he posted something and it was like, and, and doom came over and it was like, he was like, well, where's, what's this, what's this from? And I was like, Oh, it's just, I got it off of Mikey's feed. Cause I hadn't listened to parliament since like 19, I don't know, 80, whatever. Um, awesome. but you're the music, the music that you're into seems to really inform your surfing, your art, your, it feels like a lot of it comes from that place, huh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, with surfing, like you get to go to so many cool places. And I think that's naturally like come from, you know, like, I mean, I look at where I'm from and that's Africa. And I look at the, you know, where there's some places I get to go and like, you know, you always try to find records and stuff like that. But that like the music you find and the sound that you hear is from people, from like, you know, years back that were doing cool things within there. And I think, I think that's the, that helps sort of like, cause I mean, yeah, those people are influenced by people from all over and they were just doing it in their own unique way. And I think and you get that everywhere, wherever you go, there's like, you know, they have their music history, they have their artist history where there's been like cool people doing cool things. And I think a lot of inspiration comes from that. And it's like, it's just where I mean where you're from and or where you go and 
I think surfing, we like it like that because we get to go to so many cool places. And I think that's the reasoning behind doing, you know, it's like if you look at like, I think that's the reasoning why like when I want to work on like a surf project, you know, and go to different places, you want it to be inclusive. And with it being inclusive of, you know, the culture, the music, the people, that already, you know, it's like giving those people a voice and, and that helps, you know, shape the whole like, design and creative part of it um in an like a authentic way and people i think people can see that because you can't argue with like you know musicians from the past that have done great things or you know it's all authentic i think yeah and the and i think the the it, you it comes through too the neat thing about it is i think that like it i gotta think that when you surf in ghana that there's something about the vibe there that informs the way you're surfing that way versus surfing that exact same sand bottom point in Australia. You know, like I think you're surfing that wave differently based on where you are and what you're, and what you're inspired by. Is that fair to say? Definitely. I mean, definitely, you know, when you go on a trip, I mean, that's what every surfer feels like you get the whole, you know, the vibe and you you meet people and you you get the whole experience and that's naturally what you're gonna you know how you're gonna you know adapt your surfing to and but i mean then sometimes like you'll go to say for instance like i'll go to california or something like i because i'm from africa i'll still have that sort of same vibe because that's just who i am um so it's like a mixture of that i guess one more thing and then tell us a bit about juju that's actually last thing but what you're doing with juju Okay, well, basically, I mean, Zalti and I, we obviously through, you know, the last couple of years being like super fortunate with having all the support from like bands and all that kind of stuff. There's, I mean, you don't, it's awesome to, you know, make a living out of surfing, but it's, you know, I think we've both told ourselves like when we were growing up that, you know, no matter what, like the, one of our biggest goals is always to give back and, um, you know, that's pretty important. And so basically like we've decided to, um, you know, just kind of stick to our strengths and something that's like not too complicated, but, you know, start the, um, organization called Juju Surf and that is going to be aimed at, so there'll be one part of it will be this Juju Surf Club and it'll focus on sort of, you know, sites and communities in South Africa. I mean, in Africa that are, um, you know, have something to do with surfing or they have like a little surf club or they have a organization and you know where kids come and surf and that and the one is going to be juju surf club so that'll be highlighting all those different um organizations individuals and sort of like you know setups all all over africa and basically just like you know providing a place where people can come and there'll be like a little profile on each organization or each initiative where they'll have like a little bit about them what their biggest need is because obviously you know as a surfer like you know like say for instance like in south africa you go to mozambique and they'll take like sweets or like things like that but i think it'll be nice if people are more aware of what the actual need is within that community um and just a place where people can, you know, if there's someone from like overseas who wants to get involved with the community, who has like a bunch of, you know, some money that he wants to donate, like there'll be a place where you can, you know, find all those, all those people within one, like, you know, on a website or whatever. And obviously we'll like try and highlight them and 
give them a sort of voice, you know, and just like on the Instagram and stuff and on social too. And then the other part of it is we're aiming at doing one site a year where we, um, you know, raise awareness for that site, but also raise money for sort of a sort of starter kit for them to, you know, for like an individual who wants to start something in their community. Um, you know, whether it's like, like us going to the trans guy now, maybe there's people that want to, um, you know, they want to start something and they want to be like, you know, sort of create something for the people in the community to, you know, um, so we'll, the starter kit will kind of include, you know, maybe a bunch of soft tops that we'll raise, um, you know, raise money for, um, wetsuits, um, and then whatever other basic need they need, they have, you know, um, will be aimed at that and we'll work on, you know, maybe like a month or two in the beginning of the year, sort of raise awareness around it, then obviously go through, you know, getting donations and stuff like that. And then the next part will be actually like implementing it and getting it to them. Um, so that'll be our goal for like each year is to kind of focus on one different site, one site and um, provide them with that and kind of get them going um, and sort of introduce them to the world, world so people are aware of what they're doing and can help out if they can and yeah just trying to grow i mean surfing in in africa and um creating some awareness sounds awesome i love it man and you know what it's i think for so many of these brands right now that are you know they they know and they understand that they need to make change hopefully they really want to but they don't really really get started and they're overcomplicating it and it can just yeah, be exactly. like using what your strengths are. And for you, it's like, hey, I've got all this awareness. I can create awareness and focus on these brands. And then it can ladder up yeah. to a bigger picture. It's step by step. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you just give any of these people like the smallest things, like, you know, like, a you know, some boards or something. They will absolutely like appreciative of anything that they get given that's going to help them. And they will, you know, support you just as much, which is something that's also special and yeah well we were talking about it like you know the few of the protests i've been to when we cleaned up the streets in compton the other day and that the people doing it almost get more out of it than the people like involved right like as you like we were there and we all felt you feel amazing at this protest and you like feel like you're part of something, something yeah. part of something and that so it's just as it's just as it's just as rewarding for the people you're helping or for yourself as it is for the people you're helping exactly because I mean, I think it's important for everyone to feel like they are, I think helping others is such a, you know, like a important part of life, you know? And I think if everyone can kind of get that feeling and, you know, be able to like replicate that and get more people to do that, it can make a big difference. All right, guys, I think that's us for uh, this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation we had with Mikey. I'm sure there's a couple of questions that we didn't answer that you wanted to, uh, or asked him, sorry, that you guys wanted to hear. So, you know, we can get Mikey on again. Good thing is uh, restrictors are lifting slowly in South Africa on surfing. He's back to it. It's still not 100%. So he's still got a bit of time on his hands, so we can get him back on sooner than later. Um, Chad, what are we going to talk about next week? Uh, next week, we're going to talk about what we think about uh, a potential skunk works or a, a, an arms race for sustainable surfboards that could be driven through the WSL. Yeah, that's it. And I think, you know, without surfing, surfing realistically has no IP anymore uh, because in Formula One, these guys are spending hundreds of millions on the cars and they're developing technologies that essentially get sold in the everyday car that, you know, if I buy a Mercedes Benz, it, you know, it started up at Formula One. I, I can never drive a race car, but I can have a car that's been with the similar technologies laddered down, right? Right. Um, 
NBA, the shoes, or there's all these different things, all these other sports, motocross, the bikes, right? They're developing it for their, their team and then it goes to the everyday user. There's nothing really in surfing and the surfboard brands aren't the ones paying the high ticketed salaries. So what if we, you know, you don't want to give away too much of what we're talking about next week, but yeah, that's kind of... I, I, I was about to and then I thought, we don't want to give too much about <laughs> next week away. So, so I think we'll, we're going to leave it at that and, and uncharacteristically, uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, sorry for cussing. Kids at home. Uh, anyhow, that's it for episode 12 of Surf Center. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week with this uh, aforementioned uh, awesome show. Biting my tongue because I want to say more. All right. Yeah, well, we got work to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.